everyone and welcome back to the Motherkind podcast with me, Zoe Blasky. This episode I'm chatting to the wonderful Lucy Sheridan, who is the world's only comparison coach. Lucy's been featured in The Times, Grazia, Stella Magazine and even Oprah's Life Class. She is co-creator of Higher Selfie, which is a spiritual lifestyle brand and a co-authored book of the same name. Lucy's also a really great friend and support to me personally. And I think what's so great about Lucy is she really does walk her talk. So check out her Instagram for a healthy dose of reality amongst your feed. Lucy and I chat about making new mum friends, navigating family relationships, self-care. I think real self-care like I've talked about here is being really conscious of how you spend your time because how you spend your time is how you spend your life. How to manage our energy and of course how to ditch the comparison for good. Ask yourself what your comparison is trying to teach you because I honestly believe it is there to be a teacher. It's awkward, but it is trying to teach us something. So I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. So welcome, Lucy. Thank you so much for making the time to be here. I know how busy you are and I am incredibly grateful. Oh, Zoe, it's my pleasure. There's no place I'd rather be. It's so exciting to be taking part in the Motherkind podcast. Oh, bless you. Thank you. So for those mums who don't know you, can you tell us how you came to be the world's only comparison coach? Yeah, sure. And I do appreciate as well, I have the most niche job title in the world. So it's like when people kind of hear what I do, they're like, really? Run that past me? So I guess for me, comparison has always been in my life. It's definitely something that's been very present for me ever since I was a little girl. So I can remember that my brother being born when I was about five years old and looking at him in the buggy thinking hmm I wonder if like my mum and dad love him as much as they love me or hmm I wonder how many toys he's got you know we've just had Christmas how many toys he's got versus me etc and you know what kind of felt like gentle sibling rivalry I kind of saw develop and follow me through school towards like my peers you know comparing like boobs developing swimming badges maths exam grades Oh gosh, if there was something to compare yourself to, I was doing it all through my life. And it kind of went from junior school through to senior school, then kind of followed me through, you know, senior study through university and into the workplace as well. And when it got particularly bad, however, was when I went to my um, school reunion about five years or so now. And it's funny because whenever I say the word kind of school reunion, people sometimes kind of go, it like leads to kind of this like sharp intake of breath like you feel a bit like the clenched teeth emoji like oh okay school reunion right how was that and I actually had a really good time on the day itself I went and reconnected with people I hadn't seen in well 10 years or so really but anyway I kind of reconnected with them there was lots of Prosecco there was lots of chatting lots of oh wow that's amazing and with all these new conversations came the invitation to connect on social media so my social media network tripled or quadrupled almost overnight it was in a really amazing amazing day the school put on for us and there was a great barbecue and there were a lot of red bottom shoes if you know what I mean so people were really dressed up to the nines like one um, girl even left because she had her interior designer coming the next day and we were like 28 or something I was like what you I can't even spell interior design like, I have no equity like it was completely you know off the charts unreal to me and um so I had a great time all day but it was in the aftermath of that that comparison really I describe it I almost felt like um you know there's like iconic Jaws movie poster and there's the girl swimming you can see the shark underneath her and in the movie itself and this isn't a spoiler because it's like iconic that grabs her by the um leg and pulls her down and she's gone and that's what I felt like comparison did to me it was totally derailing 
Not just because I kind of, you know, my comparison, although it'd been kind of lifelong, it got more acute than ever. It's because in the background, in my life personally, I was living what I felt like was a very un-Instagrammable life. So what was going on then is I was kind of working in the advertising industry and unfortunately developed anxiety, was crying in the toilets, was really struggling to be myself in my work. And that was a great challenge. And then also, personally speaking too, my then partner, but now husband, his business was folding and we were about to lose our house and we ultimately did. So the worst thing we thought could happen did happen. But around that time, the reunion, it was this building of this perfect storm. So I just kind of spun out basically. In the years that followed, and it was years, I kind of spent two or so years really in comparison until one day I found myself under a duvet, I think like fully clothed on a Saturday afternoon. It was very unaspirational. And I was three years deep in someone else that I'd just met recently, you know, trip to the Maldives, you know, it was absolutely none of my business. And I kind of had this voice to my head say this has got to stop like you cannot do this anymore and I really remember hearing it and feeling that in my body and although I didn't really know what to do next the next thought that came was if you can think and feel yourself into it perhaps you can think and feel yourself out of it and so from there I kind of began my journey in earnest to go from compare and despair to comparison free and when I set up my you know went self-employed come to four years ago um, and set up the business and I talk here and there about comparison I notice a spike and then I kind of thought hmm hold on a second here maybe there's something in this niche maybe it's not just me maybe I'm not making it maybe this isn't something we just need to get over and just ignore maybe there's something that is becoming an epidemic well thanks to the power couple of social media and technology so I decided one day that I would turn this offering on and I changed all my Instagram and social media handles I changed my email signature and I said right the comparison coach because my goodness there's one thing I can talk about and speak to and help people with specifically it's this and I thought I'll give myself two months and if it's crickets and silence and you know dusty corners then I'll just go back to a different specialism in in the coaching but it was quite the opposite and things turned up you know really took off and I haven't really looked back since so that was the journey to being the world's first and only comparison coach. I love that I mean there's so much about that journey and story that I just think is amazing you know I loved when you talk about this epidemic of comparison you know and as a new mum my word it's so easy to do You know, I think, especially when you're in a group, you know, like NCT, everyone's going through the same things at the same time. And I've definitely found myself, you know, looking at others, what they're doing, their parenting skills, how much they seem to love their baby. I mean, that's, I'm ashamed to admit that, but that, you know, that's (laughs) the sort of place where my head will take me. So what can we do about it? If I find myself in a spiral of comparison, what are some of the tools that you recommend? Luckily, there are many things that we can do, but I think it's also the first one, and it sounds sweeping, but I'm going to back it with some practicals, is give yourself an effing break. Because absolutely, especially in that almost like pack mentality, everything can feel so much more intense as well. You're not making that feeling up. You're not overreacting. You haven't not got it covered. It's like if you feel it, it's real. So I think it's really important not to go into the being very deferential to you sometimes. It's like, oh, goodness, um, oh, I'll just get over that. Or, it's just a silly feeling or I'm overreacting. Because if you are feeling it, it's real. So I think it's important to kind of look at what you can do inside, but also bear in mind what you can do outside. So something I find a lot when kind of speaking to new mums especially is that with the NCT, with the local groups, with the online groups, with the you know mums groups, etc., it can feel a little bit cliquey or it can feel a little bit like you're showing up at things out of obligation. 
she went to these classes together, for example. And I think the first invitation I'd like to make, and it may not be easy because I can understand how the dynamics of these groups can be really challenging and quite cliquey, but is to really look at who you're hanging out with and how you're spending your time. Because when you have a kinship with someone, like a genuine friendship, whether you've known each other five minutes or five years, yes, okay, comparison can creep in, but it won't take quite the hold of self-judgment that you can get into when you're in a room of those where you just are kind of pitting yourself against each other a bit like when we were at school you know because women are great at this we are olympic style good at comparison so I think it's really important to kind of really get mindful about how you're spending your time and this can be as simple as go to the meetup every second week or go to one meetup one week and another you know later on in the month you don't have to be there all the time and curate a circle of women or people that you feel like is in support of you and your dream and is in support of you and the sort of mum you want to be even if they don't approve of all your decisions it's about that support element and that's what I think we need to switch the focus to away from approval and validation and into support in that I wouldn't do that but you know what I'm totally cool with I'm not going to make you feel weird for wanting to do it that way too I've had, you know, mums in tears with me because they've had a fight with other mums about what which step was the naughty step, like whether you're two up or four up. And I know you're kind of into kind of preschool and a little bit older then, but the struggle is real, you know, when it's kind of that sort of intensity there. So I think it's really important to pay attention to who you're surrounding yourself with in real life and also pay attention to what you're consuming on social media too, because it's such a window to the world, isn't it? You know, I've got all sorts of things on my feed from like golden retriever puppy, Instagram accounts, right? through to celebrities right through to holiday retreats right through to like copper bath instagram accounts i have this obsession with copper baths which is way too nerdy but anyway and there's a lot coming through all the time but i'm looking at my feed in a way that it's kind of social media has to be a fun place for me to hang out so i also have to be careful when there's so much judgment around that i'm not putting content in my way for me to almost deliberately sabotage myself and trip over it what i would say is so it's important to take that order i kind of use this um, idea of applying a house party rule to your social media feeds so if that person brand or thing wouldn't be invited to your house party to come and you know have food and drink and dance on your tables or kind of chat around your dining table whatever it is they shouldn't be on your social media feeds yes even if it's your sister-in-law yes even if it's your old boss yes even if it's your best friend if what they share online doesn't make you feel good in your world, it shouldn't be in your feed. And that's really important too. I will caveat that there is the danger that in the short term this can present a bit of an echo chamber. But I think, you know, when you're in comparison, it's really important to get back to feeling safe in your own body and feeling, calling back your power and remembering your strength because it is a case of remembering. It's not about getting or creating. It's about remembering what it is. If you've had a child, you have delivered one of the greatest gifts on earth and been through one hell of an experience to do that as well so it's about remembering that strength and remembering that we can always draw back on that if we are free from the distraction which is often curated by ourselves so I think there's a few different dynamics here and I'm happy to kind of share you know in the show notes these written down too around be mindful about how you're spending your time out in the world and the people you're hanging out with too especially if you're feeling a bit tender and that might be because you're just not feeling very well you're not feeling that into your appearance right now or you know the mind body soul elements just aren't feeling that joined up because if we're going out there looking for something, that can really trigger comparison too if we don't find it. But also when it comes to our time with ourselves and how we're spending time online too, let's just get really greedy about what makes us feel good. And, you know, when it comes to especially how we're going to parent, be really gentle with ourselves about reminding ourselves that we're just figuring it out, as is every other parent. And yes, some of that will be based on teachers, some of that will be based on books, some of that will be based on tradition. But ultimately, I think the invitation is there to find our own mix, actually, and not necessarily be available to feedback about it. 
which is another potentially controversial thing too. Yeah, I think, again, you said so much in there. And I love when you talk about just this gentle self-awareness. And I think it's such a challenging time when you've had a baby, you know, whatever number child that yeah. is. You know, it's. It, I think it's an incredibly vulnerable time. Yeah, and is. at the same time, you know, you're often at home a lot. So getting out can be the lifeblood. Yeah, you know, there's this, as you were talking about, you know, the a cliqueiness. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, a, a judgment that can... Yeah that can come up and I'm really interested when you're talking about knowing what feels right for us mm-hmm. and maybe navigating how we're spending our time based on that feeling how do you tap into that knowing and how do you teach your clients to tap into that knowing there are kind of two elements to this one is and I'm going to use really plain language because I'm a girl from Leeds and I like to use plain language you know this so we've known each other a while now um, one is understanding where you are now and one is understanding where you want to be because that can be in terms of like a feeling of ease that you would like to create in your life as much as it can be, oh, I want to move into an amazing residence in Highgate, you know, and no judgment around that at all. When it comes to kind of tapping into that sense of the calm too, that comes with an element of self-focus, which is going to feel a little bit like a privilege, especially when you're a new mum, to give yourself self-focus when you are really giving up all your resources, your time, your energy, your dreams to support this amazing bundle of magic in human form that you've brought into the world. But what I think is really important is to take the invitation to think about who do I want to be? How do I want to show up in the world? Not just as the best version of me as a mum, but in terms of, you know, how I want to give back, how I want to, you know, maybe tap back into my creativity when maybe the kids go out to school or even earlier than that too. And it's understanding and giving ourselves permission to look at what that could be even though that's going to feel like you know just putting your nose like a centimeter above the parapet it's going to feel like it's going to take energy from you I urge you to do it from the bottom of my heart I urge you to do it because once you are getting clear about where you want to be or how you want to feel you can then chart back the steps to where you are now you know there's a great book and we're a fan of Danielle Laporte aren't we Zoe and she's got an amazing book called The Desire Map and I think it's on audio so it's a great one like I'll often have it on if I'm kind of well I know doing chores or something or you know of doing a bit of work having it in the background because it's just not practical to sit down with a book necessarily unless you've kind of had the luxury of going on holiday to do a fly and flop and someone else is watching the kids right but she has really brought a gift to the world through this book the desire map in terms of she says that if you can set goals with soul ultimately if you can identify how you want to feel in your life and then line up all your actions and behaviors or at least do your best to line up most of your actions and behaviors up with those things you'll get where you want to be so for example from there one of my desired states is around feeling safe now feeling safe isn't particularly aspirational it's not like exhilarated you know adrenaline junkie it's not one of those big fashionable words that you might see kind of going around like at a tony robbins conference or something but i know for me when i feel safe and secure in my own body and in my space i feel invincible so not only do i make the right choice about eating lunch to actually fuel my body not just put something in my face but I also don't rise up to arguments because I don't feel like I'm on the defensive I also might say hey I'm going to get back to you on that because I want to take a bit more time to think about it because I don't feel like I'm in a rush and through kind of identifying these desired feelings about where I want to be I've been able to look to my now to make a call on it and before you know it where you want to be and how you want to feel starts showing up for you. And I'm talking, it starts incrementally. Incrementally it starts, but ultimately I think that's where the power is. I think we're all just looking to just shift the needle. 
just one run because it can make such a big difference can't it if we think about that gauge just look to shift the needle onto the right part of green rather than red that you might feel like at the moment and everything just kind of starts to come together in a different way we come at life differently we feel less like you know it's happening to us too and when it comes to kind of pressing stop on the self-judgment and ultimately activating this idea of gentle observation rather than really harsh judgment because my goodness are we good at that it will just you know, really, I feel like the expression is like life kind of rises up to meet you in a different way. Yes, there will still be challenges, tantrums. Your mother-in-law might still be an effing nightmare, but you won't necessarily want to kill her every Sunday now. It'll just be you can walk out of the room and, you know, do whatever you got to do. you got to go to the car to get something else. <laughs> it's like there's nothing in the car. You're like, I'm just sitting in the car. <laughs> I just need to pop out. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I need to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like leaving things yeah. under, the, under the chairs. <laughs> so, yeah, get busted. <laughs> I think, you know that you know to me what you're talking about is finding that space in the moment yeah yeah and you know this podcast is for mums and I you know I find it really difficult if I'm Mm. being you know challenged in the moment or Mm. something's not going as I planned or I'm feeling panicky because the restaurant doesn't have a high chair or but as you were talking about you know so eloquently finding that space even if it's just sometimes a breath yeah that's it has been a lifesaver for me it sounds ridiculous that you know being able to take a deep breath in but it stops it's ridiculous until you try it though isn't it and I will even say this is really quite like (laughs) like clunky language big gobfuls and bellyfuls of breath and you know to people passing you in waitrose you might look like you're hyperventilating it doesn't matter what you are doing is bringing your adrenaline down creating space and not losing it and that, and this is also about progress, not perfection. So in reality, many of us aren't going to be able to meditate every day. We're not going to be able to journal or pull cards or, you know, go to a yoga class or go for a walk or just go to the supermarket. Whatever it is that we do and we have as a our outlet to create space, it's not always available to us in that moment. So that's where breath does come in. And that's where, you know, noticing what you notice as much as possible about how you're feeling comes in as well. Because I don't think we're ever going to get perfection here especially mums and I think that is something to be celebrated and something to be accepted and to be acknowledged as well as in if we can aim for progress if we can be as you know you're a big advocate of being more chilled out more of the time lives change lives change because one snappy little discussion doesn't turn into argument number 11 and then potentially divorce papers you know things escalate very quickly when we're all tired stressed out and on top of ourselves yeah and so I think you know, any reduction we can make or improvement we can make incrementally always, always will kind of come back to us tenfold. Yeah, and you know what's fascinating to me is my little girl, Jessie, just started to walk a couple of months ago. You know, and I do believe, cheesy as it sounds, she is such a great teacher yeah. for me. I mean, I think more about what she can tell me sometimes than, than the other way. And I watched her standing up and wobbly and then falling down and then taking a step. And do you know, at no point did I think you need to get this. At no point did I think she's not getting it quick enough or that step wasn't perfect. I just enjoyed being really present with watching her master this new skill. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if I could apply that 
to myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because if, you know, we could kind of transport it to Jessie's mind, she'd be like, oh, looks like I'm walking now. This is what all the big mum and daddy keep talking to you about. She'd be like, da, 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 da. And, you know, she had a flash forward to how, you know, adults behave and how the judges are. She'd be like, nah, I'm getting back to Peppa Pig, thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. I'm not enough of that. Exactly. <laughs> and I think you talked about not finding, not having as much time to go inwards and I think that's something definitely that I found is how can I use those moments throughout my day like watching my daughter to be more present have you got any other tips or tools that you could share with the mums out there like quick easy ways we've talked about the breath but Mm. I wonder if there's anything else that we can just reconnect with ourselves despite the manicness often of what's going on around us. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, make sure you're taking account of what you're letting into your life, all energies, whether it's in real life or social media or two. Take a breath. Affirmations, I think, can be great as well. So even things like, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. And it's like saying that to yourself, like you would do if you saw someone else, I think it's really important because when you say words, you hear them too. That's why it's being really, really careful about what we say, especially in front of our children, but even to our partners as well, like I'm just never going to be any good at this. You know, even swapping that for, I know it'll feel better soon. There's a real strength in that. They both kind of mean the same thing, but one has hope and one is desperation and it feels hopeless. And I think looking for the hope in opportunities as well when it comes to what we've talked about getting these improvements and getting to breath and getting to peace too know that if it was easy to do we'd all be doing it so it's not you're the one that hasn't mastered it I think especially when it comes to comparison and this might be more one for when you can kind of wrestle a cup of coffee on your own or when you're maybe walking to put the bins out because there might be some time you've got to yourself goodness me because that's what it can boil down to in your mum ask yourself what your comparison is trying to teach you Because I honestly believe it is there to be a teacher. It's awkward and it will hold your nostrils to looking at parts of yourself that maybe are frustrating, but it is trying to teach us something. And when you get to the side of the comparison, get to the other side of the negative feeling, you cut off the oxygen to it. Because comparison cannot exist if you are in support of yourself and it certainly cannot exist if you are taking action. So for example, recently I got into a comparison wobble myself with someone online and I was kind of saying, I live about... 75-80% 75-80% comparison free which I think is pretty good odds considering I was like 1% not too long ago um, I think it's, re- it's really good odds and I, again I'm always aiming for progress not perfection I don't just want to get it I want to keep it so I, like, I don't like the yo-yo effect but when it comes to looking um, at that scenario I thought oh my goodness look at what she's doing she's got these brand collaborations going on she's got loads of followers and And before I knew it, I'd made up this kind of showreel or like pathway that she'd taken and I do not know this girl from Adam like she's a blogger in America for goodness sake and I kind of thought oh hold on a second have I given my Instagram the same love and care she has nope does it feel like it absolutely represents me and what I want to offer in the world Mm. second nope and third you know is there anything I can do to make improvements there and maybe ask for some help in other ways there too? Mm, yeah, awkwardly, yes, there is. So those three questions that were kind of stimulated by my comparison ultimately led me to really kind of focus on my Instagram account and really fall in love with the experience of being on it, actually. Like, I really, if I'm not writing from the heart, I'm not writing. I don't post every day, and I do post regularly because I enjoy it, but it's very heartfelt, and I enjoy that part of, you know, being in the world and my work, too. But my comparison stimulated me to make a much better go of that, you know, and really express myself fully on Instagram, and I was able to kind of get there because it was trying to teach me something. It would have been really easy for me to stay in jealous, envious, bitchy mode. 
I would that was like a nice warm bath. I can just stay there. It doesn't require anything from me. I can just go over it and over it and over it again. All the while, she's having an amazing Instagram account and getting more followers, which I know kind of seems a little bit shallow to be talking about like Instagram followers. But hey, it's business and I want my business to thrive. So that's why it was kind of became a little bit of an issue for me. But I was noticing what I was noticing and looking at where that comparison was stimulated and what it meant. There's an African proverb, which I love, which is don't look where you fell, look where you tripped. And if I kind of look back on what was leading me to have these feelings of frustration or envy or she doesn't deserve it or I don't deserve it around that one account, ultimately boiled down to the fact I wasn't really bringing all of myself to all parts of my business. And that was like a much needed kick up the bum. And I was able to take action on that quickly. And you know, let's say, let's use a mum's example though too. Imagine a mum's finding it difficult and comparing herself to another mum in the group. And maybe it's about her style, for example, or the fact that she always looks refreshed. Maybe the comparison there is trying to you know show you or show this mum to remember that she wants you to really enjoy styling herself she used to really enjoy shopping and now it kind of feels like you know that sort of self-expression isn't available to her because she can't get to the shops well the insight there is okay well maybe there can be some fun to be had creating some Pinterest boards about how she wants to style herself nowadays and then maybe that can lead to an ASOS wish list and then before you know it maybe that's thing those things are getting bagged up and delivered and she's stepping out in a stroller looking like you know she's taking on the lanes and it's all good right (laughs) so it's kind of it's all very well kind of feeling that kind of jealousy and like oh she's so glamorous she's so this she's so that you know they are feelings that come up maybe because you're feeling as a mum you're not investing in yourself as you'd like to like can't remember you know when last time you got your hair cut talk to your partner and saying I'm really gonna need you for this I need three hours of your time on a weekend in the next four weekends can you tell me when that is because I've got to get my hair cut you don't even have to tell me getting a haircut. Throw it open, ask for the help, make it happen. Because we all know when you've had the snip snip, you'll be kind of, you know, flicking your hair around like Jennifer Aniston. L'Oreal adverts from when we were kids. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're definitely worth it. So worth it. (laughs) I had to say it. Of course you did. I had to say it. I think it's such a gift, isn't it? It's hard. When, When I find myself being judgmental or snappy in the queue or snappy at Jessie... I have trained myself now because, you know, I've been treading this spiritual path for a few years and I do know to now think, what's going on with me? But like you say, it's not always a comfortable question, is it, to ask ourselves? No, no, it's not. And sometimes, you know, if you, if you like, for example, I think the ring of hell no one talks about is like the supermarket self-checkouts. Seriously. I, uh, I've never felt such rage. Love to see <laughs> like, the Dalai Lama go through yeah, one of those exactly. in Tesco. Yes, exactly. And I'd be watching, <laughs> taking notes, yeah. Because that's not a fun place to be, is it? And I hear you, there have been elements when I've kind of felt like, oh, for goodness sake, just put it in the bloody bagging area, whatever it is. But then sometimes, you know, you're absolutely right, Zoe. There's going to that point, which is what's going on with me. And there's also going back to the point of take a breath because this is not worth it. And, you know, you want to enjoy cooking dinner when you get home. Don't let a bad evening start here for you. Yeah. You know what? Let it start in the road rage of the car park, <laughs> but don't let it be here. And then when you get to road rage in car park, then push it back again, then push it back again. And before you know it, you're chopping carrots in your kitchen and you have killed back all that power that could have been leaking for hours and hours all around the place. Yeah. I love that. How do we know then when it's the right moment to just take a breath and let it go? Or when to sort of gently turn that mirror back to ourselves and think, 
what's going on here for me? How do we know which moment the tool is right? I try and be curious about myself. I try and look for patterns. So, for example, when I used to be the scenario around the girl on Instagram, I was like, mm, this isn't the first time I've been sitting there, like, side-eyeing and, like, snarling at her on my sofa. I thought about, well, this is, like, up to about three or four times on her feed here, and we don't know each other. So it's not like, you know, she's a friend. I'm, like, checking her out. Um, and that, for me, was, okay, what's going on here? rather than just take a breath and let it go. Um, I think when something is like almost coming around like a boomerang, even if it's every couple of years, but certainly if it's more often than that, then you just cannot graduate through it without looking at it. And I think that's when it is, not with judgment, but rather with observation. Patterns are emerging. If certain people are triggering you or certain things are triggering you, online or in real life if you are becoming intolerant of certain conversations or even whether it's on the a podcast you're listening to or you know conversations in your family that's the indicator I think that this is not just a, a one-off also when you are feeling upset and vulnerable and you can't quite put your finger on it that can be one of the biggest opportunities to kind of almost like hit the emergency stop because mums are so good at keeping it together until it kind of gets to shower time they can have a really good cry yeah, but it shouldn't just be about releasing and I'm all in support of a good cry by the way but it shouldn't just be about releasing it should be about processing too Yeah. so it's not a competition of how much you can cope with because you'll cope with it all because you're a mum and that's what you do the end, full stop, good night everybody but it's understanding to avoid those blow ups earlier on whether it's asking for help or asking ourselves for support or you know, asking for help, you know, from our partners, family, whatever it is, work, whatever it is, have those conversations. So just to recap, whether it's patterns of, you know, perhaps you're seeing before and after accounts on Instagram, which seems to be a massive trend at the moment. And rather than inspiring you to get fitter and feel more in tune with your own wellness, improve your own wellness, they're making you feel completely awful, then that's an invitation to look at what you can do to be kind to yourself, nurture yourself, look at kind of why you're making choices you wish that you weren't really. But also, I think it's important that we, instead of the take a breath versus the look inquiry, when we are kind of, when we can't explain why we're feeling so very low, so very lost, one breath isn't going to do it then. That's a call to go deeper. Now, that depth can feel like it can be very consuming sometimes, but there's nothing you can't handle. They're just your feelings, not there to hurt you. And I also feel like, and I say, I say this a lot too, but this isn't a trick. We haven't been given certain gifts, certain opportunities, certain experiences to then have them just cruelly taken away. Like, a, you know, expression, pulling the rug from under your feet. Yeah. This isn't a trick. Life is always trying to rise up to meet us. It's not trying to trick us out and harm us. And it's not sinister in that sense. Even though, hey, I've had some pretty shitty days and it feels the opposite. Me too. But ultimately, yeah, right. We need to talk about those more too with each other and reach out for help too. But this isn't a trick. So if you are feeling really, really low, you're not to blame for anything at all. But take that opportunity to look at why you are feeling that way and try and also ask for help as part of that too. Yeah, that's been my experience. I mean, you know, I've been through some incredibly hard times and, you know, my experience has been I've never been given anything that I couldn't handle or learn from. But I had to be able to ask for help and I had to be able to be really gentle with myself. You know, something that I've learned is that I've never, I've never gotten anywhere by beating myself up. It just doesn't work, does it? I think the only thing that works is just gentle self-care. Yeah. And I wonder, just on that topic around self-care, 
because it's such a big one for mums, you know, and I know in the mum community, we, we talk about it a lot, especially on Instagram about, you know, how to find moments of self-care. What are your sort of self-care practices? How does Lucy look after Lucy? Yeah, great question. And uh, have you got any of those that you think would be really good for a mum or a new mum in particular? Yeah, well, one of them is, and it's a kind of a bit obscure, so I'll try and qualify it a bit. I try not to leak energy. And what I mean by that is I try not to spend time in places I don't want to be with people I don't want to be with, spending money I don't want to spend. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, exactly. So how's that for a hat trick? Um, and that is a really big part of my self-care practice because I spent a lot of time in obligation, insured, really tired and really kind of worn out and also not very nourished by those experiences at all. So it wasn't like, oh, goodness. Like, So I live in Brighton at the moment. It's not like, oh, I travelled all the way to London and it was a great evening. I really glad I made the trip. But, oh, gosh, I'm tired now. It would be, I've gone to a lot of effort here and I absolutely cannot tell you why I did it. You know, so I think that's really important. So I'm really discerning about how I spend my time so I can be fully present as much as possible. Excuse me, getting out in nature is an absolute must as well. I'm lucky, like, I live one block back from the beach. I've just bought myself these... Heaven. I know, it's amazing. and so <laughs> greedy because I'm like, but I really miss trees. So I've just bought myself these two outrageously over-the-top indoor plants. I have seen them on they your are, Instagram. Oh. They're just Got absolute a bit of comparison. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, come, you have to come and breathe that area yeah. in my living room now. But they're really over top. They look like they should be in like the W Hotel or something and they're in my living room and I love them. So being around nature is really important too. And that can mean standing with my back against a tree. That's something that I really find will bring me back to myself. And obviously when you've got the opportunity to do that, you're usually alone for a couple of minutes too. Where possible, have fun. So simple. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And so easily forgotten. <laughs> exactly. And that might mean like putting on your favourite like 90s tunes while you're making dinner or while you're preparing for the day, whatever it is. But anything you can do to remember what it's like to have fun. I think it's really important because life can feel really serious sometimes. When you're trying to keep a baby alive or a child alive, it is serious. I get that's not like, oh, fingers crossed, going to give this a whirl. <laughs> but maybe that is part of it sometimes. Um, but I think it's really important to do what you can to have fun and remind yourself of that too. So, for example, what if your favourite band is playing six months from now? Why don't you go on their website and see what, if they're playing and buy the tickets and worry about the babysitter later? Because something I see creeping a lot with my mum friends is they just count themselves out of everything yeah I mean I had that so I one of my favorite spiritual teachers is coming to London uh, next week and nine months ago I saw it and I thought I'm just going to book that and I'm going to deal with whether I'm going to be able to leave Jesse who's going to look after at the time you know and and now we're here and it feels like it was yesterday that I booked it and it's all sorted and I'm going and so I think there's definitely something in that is just doing it anyway Mm -hmm. and do you know I thought worst case scenario I'll just not go yeah and actually that would have been okay as well you're right and I think the having fun thing is something that you know I've really been struggling with recently it can feel quite serious Mm. Mm. um even though interestingly you know with with Jesse I'm often playing sometimes I can struggle to be present with that play you know to really enjoy it and feel the funness of it because I can be thinking next I've got to do lunch then we're going to this play group how am I going to get there you know and I wonder how you you talked about being present as an act of self-care and I think it's so beautifully simple Mm. 
but it really is life-changing. It has been life-changing for me. What's your experience of being present to the moment? Mm. Oh, completely. And I think as well, because, you know, self-care can sometimes get boiled down to like dinners and bubble baths and good quality chocolate. By the way, I'm in favour of all of those things. However, I think real like self-care, like I've talked about here, is being really conscious of how you spend your time because how you spend your time is how you spend your life. And I want to make sure I am 100% responsible for that. Listen, I still get the odd wobble. I still find myself, you know, acting out of obligation here and there because I have to keep peace sometimes too. And that's my call to Is make. And take, and take, actually, Liz, you're a babe. I love you. She's all mum-in-laws My mum-in-law is actually a babe. But I'll tell you, I'm lucky because some of my friends' mums, mum-in-laws are literally the opposite. So I'm really lucky. But um, yeah, I think it, it's really, that is the, the ultimate thing because it also gives you back your yeses and noes. So saying yes when you mean it and saying no when you mean it. Executing good boundaries is like it's like a muscle memory and being unapologetic about that. I think it's really important too. And that's that's around kind of how you spend your time as well. Like, thanks so much for the invitation. I can't make it this time, but have a re- great one. See you at the end of the month. It's very different too. I'm so sorry, but I don't know how I'm going to be able to make it. And can you help me with this? And can I do this instead? And and it's like we're just leaking energy, leaking it, leaking it, leaking it. And it's we're fire hosing the other person. But also we're leaving nothing left for ourselves as well. So it's like that stop, drop and breathe as in, oh, I'm not going to that mum's group. So I need to work at how I articulate that in a way which feels really good for me. Yeah. You know, someone once said to me, no is a complete sentence. Oh, yes, I love that. I mean, I've yeah. I've never done it. I've never just said no and walked yeah. away. <laughs> well, we're, we're British, we're so polite. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would clearly never do that. Yeah. But I think the concept of that is just so powerful. Like, I'm allowed to spend my time exactly how I choose. Yeah. You know, when I first sort of started on this path, I was in a lot of obligation and a lot of should as well. And the other thing I was told is that shoulds are shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <you> should <laughs> all over yourself. Language. Yeah. You should all over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder how then with this sort of, we've talked about it, haven't we? These new mum groups. How do you recommend we navigate all these mm. groups trying to find those people or person that works for us but not leaking that energy yeah it's not easy no it's certainly not and I think it's kind of almost you know how you do one thing is how you do everything so I think it's important to know and check in on why you're going in the first place because is it to try and acquire friends is it to get out of the house is it to learn something whatever it is but know that to start with because once you're there and you're you feel purposeful you're probably going to enjoy yourself so often going to these groups there's an element of like new mums meet each other and you can just, you know, striking up those conversations I think are really important too. But doing it in a way that remembering kind of this is just my first time, this is my second time, my third or my fourth, my fifth time, just know that this is somewhere that I'm going to be and I'm going to spend a couple of hours rather than this is my lifeline, I've got to crack this social circle, why don't they like me? Because it brings up all our little girl stuff. Like, you know, standing on the side of the skipping ropes and not being invited in. It brings up all that. I've really experienced that. Yeah, it and it's really rough. does. It's rough. Yeah. And even, you know, I've got stepson, you know, please God be blessed my own children one day. But I've even been at gatherings and I've gone up to a group of women and one of them's turned their back on me while I was joining the conversation, to which I kind of gave a very energetic F you. But I just thought, like, that's not all right. So I think what's an interesting one here, when you're going be the person you'd want to meet as well because it's not for anyone else to grab your eye contact and to start befriending you or to ask you how you are. If we can participate as much in the, to the level that we want to be met with, I think that's huge as well. So even if you know you are 
in the queue for the loose and you start talking to someone, they'll probably be just as relieved to chat to you as you are to them too. Yeah, and I think that's just, it's just so true, isn't it? And yeah. being the change that we want to see, you know, yeah. is such a cliche, mm. but it's so true. And people radiate towards that person as well, don't they? Because before you know it, you've got chatting with one person, two people, and then before you know it, you're taking over the sofa area at the venue, and people keep on coming up because you've created this hive of welcome energy where people feel really like they can participate fully. I think because sometimes there's an element like, what am I going to wear? I'm really nervous. It's like, yeah, it's all right. And Honour that. Honour the little girl inside you. But go as the woman. You know, go as the woman and participate as the woman that you'd want to hang out with as well. And, you know, sometimes they're just not going to be your tribe. They're just not. And it's a bit kind of like, you've got to be like Goldilocks and the three bears. Too hot, too cold, just right. And you've got to try and find your medium, really. For some people, that will mean starting your own group. And this could be as informal as four local mums that keep bumping each other at the park, that kind of want to go for coffee because it's really cold. <laughs> and, you know, they're like, do you want to go to Starbucks before we come here next time? And that's often how things can start very organically. Yeah, and Before I you know it, you're setting up a Facebook page and all sorts. I know Jenny, who we both know from yeah. Mother's Meetings, you know, that's how that started. Yeah, so cool. Is that she just wanted to meet a group of like-minded mums. I think I love that idea as well. You know, if you don't find it, just build it. Yeah, so true. It's so empowering, that idea, isn't it? And that's, yeah. you know, partly why we're here on this podcast with Motherkind. You know, as I was so much, I was so into, you know, all, all our spiritual teachers that we know and love and... I was struggling to find anyone translating what all this meant for me as a new mum and the the unique challenges, I think, of being a mum and how we can stay true to ourselves through that experience. And um, my belief is that I have an opportunity with being a mum to really look deeper at myself. And I'm also aware that I'm I'm showing Jessie in a lot of ways about what it's like to be a woman in the world. You know, she's going to learn from me. And uh, I also know that she won't, she won't listen to what I say, but she'll definitely feel energetically what I do. And I wondered if you had any thoughts on this, you know, as a stepmom and as a, you know, a woman showing up in the world in your, so in your power, what can we do to really model that to the next generation? Big question. Mm, it's a big question. Yeah, <laughs> I, I absolutely love it because it's interesting. This kind of allows us to circle back on this important theme of the conversation this far, which is self-kindness. Mm. Because I don't think our children are looking at us principally to be Wonder Woman, life, career, job, artist, cook, music maker, all these things that we might kind of be tiaras we might wear through the day. They're looking to us thinking, oh, mummy seems happy. Yeah. So rather than kind of, I'm going to sit and show my child that I'm going to cross like and meditate. It's like just by not shouting at her or him where you might have done before, mummy seems happy. Will I, I think almost be enough because the energy always leads, right? Yeah. So it's less doing more being actually. And that's where the big invitation is because again, it's incrementally shifting the needle towards the positive space making changes we can ultimately integrate and moving away from the things that make us feel crushed and stressed out and overwhelmed and moving away from that space because they look at us a, a whole, don't they? They don't look at, oh, well, looks like daddy was a bit of an idiot, so I'm not surprised mummy's upset. They're just seeing upset mummy in a relationship. But it falls to us to kind of be real as well because I think it's okay for um, children to see like all the emotions that we can have too and be all right as well as part of that too. So I guess in terms of it sounds a little bit, you know, big sweeping um, or, you know, big statement, but less doing and more being and just 
aim for the progress that you would like to achieve because ultimately they're just looking for you to smile back at them when they Mm. smile back at you. That makes me feel really emotional because I think that's just, that's it, isn't it? If we can just be with them Mm. in that calm energy, you know, I think that's so much more important than all the activities. There's such an invitation to do so much and actually... You know, my own experience, I did an awful, awful lot of different activities. But what really nurtured me was just those moments of connection with my mum. Yeah. I always remember we were always like, if we ever went on holiday, we were a very calm family. There was no like running around wild. And that's because my mum was like, all right, kids, this is how it's going to go. Here are your magazines. And she'd just like brief us. And she was like so on top of what the experience was going to be. We're like, yeah, mum, yeah, totally. We just follow her around, you know, like she she still is our hero. But yeah, it was this element of we just, I say modelled her, but we couldn't not model her because she was relaxed about the whole thing. You get into Parch Lounge any time now, it's just like, hell, it's a bit... It can be. <laughs> it can be really hard to take on. Yeah. But yeah, that they're not looking at us going, oh, it looks like mummy achieved her goals this week. You know, <laughs> like I look like mummy really met her objectives. They're just looking like, yeah, mum's cool. Yeah. Mummy, like, I woke up, mummy, she was really sleeping, but she yeah. didn't mind. Yeah. That's what they'll measure if we're all right or not with. Just the simplicity of that is such a gift to remember, especially when me and, you know, other mums that I know are running around from these different classes or, you know, whatever it was we're doing, that, that really it's just about that connection. Totally. And I wanted to ask you one last thing, which, again, is a pretty big question <laughs> that we've been building up to, I think, thus far. <laughs> which is if you if you had a magic wand and you could gift all the mums out there one thing what would that be this is a big answer to a big question so like stop driving if you aren't I'm joking I think I would invite us all to stop suppressing so if you want to cry cry I would love to just give everyone permission for this to be okay if you want to scream and shout scream and shout if you want to tell someone you love them don't wait I think we suppress so much and it eats us up inside and it affects our relationships with ourselves and other people. I'm just kind of, you know, fresh out of a couple of conversations about this week. If I could wave my magic wand, I'd just have us all be showing up in all our colours a bit more. And even if we're saying, you know, that's not okay, but I'm too angry to talk about it right now. And then coming back to it when we are calmer, there's just so much for ourselves in terms of release and our connection with ourselves too. We carry so much shame, we carry so much guilt, we carry so much apologetic energy for even like being in the world. Like you bump into a chair, you're like, oh, sorry, sorry, inanimate objects that me, human, was like taking up space in this place. So I would kind of just invite us all to stop suppressing it and stop squashing what we really want to say and be in the world. It's really important. We get like one trip around this uh, crazy universe in this lifetime. And I think we have all just kind of got our fingertips on what life wants to give us. I think it wants us to like grab it with both hands and get really greedy about it. Just dive in. Yes, exactly. Get chocolate all over your face. <laughs> well, Lucy, thank you so much. I've absolutely loved our chat and I found you know, bits of it really emotional when we were talking about that connection. And, you know, I love the idea of just letting go of that suppression and showing up maybe we could all just show up one percent more tomorrow yeah love that thank you zoe thank you so much